0: to the latest edition of Galloway's Eye. Here we aim to bring you information on our services and activities, as well as some entertaining sound bites outside of the world of Galloway's. There are numerous ways you can listen to us. We can send you CDs, or you can find us on our Galloway's Alexa skill, our website, or British Wireless for the Blind Fund. And don't forget, we are still here for you. You can call us on 01772 744 148 and speak to one of our Silas advisors. Coming up, track three, Charlotte gives us an update on all our summer fundraising. Track four, hear from one of our TechAbility participants, June, as she talks about how the project has changed her life. Track five, Terry Ballon from RNIB talks about her campaigning work and how you can get involved. Track six, James tells us what is coming up in his Get Active programme. Track seven, we have an update from Disability Equality Northwest about their work. Track eight, are you sitting comfortably? We have two more inspiring tales from members of the storytelling group from earlier this year. Track nine, our Eklo Glenn shares his top tips for making the most of your existing vision. And finally, track 10, we give you a roundup of talking together and Tech Talk guests over the past couple of months.
1: 1st of July and Sunday, the 1st of August, we were absolutely delighted when we ha- held our first in person fundraising event since the pandemic began. And it was an absolutely fantastic weekend, the rain stayed away, and we were joined by 800 incredible walkers on Saturday and Sunday taking part in our famous Galway's and Convey Walk. So far, it's raised over 15,500. Which is just absolutely phenomenal. And, um, you know, the money is still coming in all of the time, which is just blown us away. So thank you so much. And that leads me nicely on to a very exciting uh, event that is taking place at the end of this month. From Friday the 27th to Sunday the 29th of August, we are taking over the Walmart Bridge Village Hall and hosting the first ever Galloway's Beer and Banger Festival. We can't wait. It's going to be an absolutely fantastic weekend with over 38 ales, international lagers, cuckoo gin for the first time ever. And we hope to see you there. For more information about about this event or to get a hold of your wristbands, then please visit www.galloways.org.uk forward slash events or give us a call on 01772. 744-148. 744-148. hope to see you there
0: earlier this year we launched our tech ability project with aspire assistive cic this involved allowing 13 visually impaired people who had never really used tech equipment before try using Synaptic on loaned-out tablets. This was all thanks to a grant from Catalyst and the National Lottery Community Fund, and support from digital charity CAST and Graeme Longley from Aspire Assistive CIC, who is providing the training to help deliver the scheme. The project has been going well, and one participant, June, is here to tell us what it has meant to her.
2: Well, I'd like to say, please, Thank you very much to everyone, fund managers, everybody that's made this project happen because it's been really wonderful. And um, I'd never, ever thought that I would be really able to do a tablet. And uh, it's really been fantastic. It really has. And not only has the project been good, it's given me a lot of confidence. And uh, the teaching and the patience have been really all coordinated really well because sometimes like me when you're a bit nervous you um you don't always grasp things first so it was really good when you could approach the person because you knew that you know they were they were ready to they wanted to teach you and it wasn't like you didn't feel as if you were going to get your hand slapped if you didn't get it right so that was lovely and Graham was kind of far away to slap my hand so that was okay but um and the other thing was, I mean, it just was, for me, I applied to join the project and I'd never, ever thought for one minute I'd get chosen. So when I get chosen, obviously through the lockdown, I don't drive because of my sight loss. And um, I had to use public transport and, you know, do shopping. So I thought, you've got to really get into the technology because, you know, we don't know how long the pandemic's going to last so now I'm on that ladder and I'm so pleased and it was a really good experience and and other than that I met some lovely people on the zoom and um, the zooms it was brilliant other people like myself who also suffer from sight loss and uh, it was really good when I sent my first email I thought I'd win the lottery it was so good and what other things did you learn oh I've learned to, well, I, I learnt to send my emails. Uh, that was for the first time my friend replied. I thought, oh, wonderful! Uh, I could also send join the zooms, and uh, I can also send photographs, things grown in the garden to my friends, and we can swap things. And it's just actually, it's just opened a whole new realm, you know, because um, as you get older, and because of the pandemic, we've all been sort of in a semi-house arrest, if you will, because we've not been able to get out and, you know, join my friends the way we always used to do. So this has been a great thing for, you know, just enabling me personally to widen the horizons. It's been so good.
0: Great. And how easy was it to understand and perform the tasks given by Andrew and Graham?
2: Well, I was lucky because when I was getting my little tasks, I jotted them down in a little notepad. And to be fair to Graham and Andrew, I wanted to do them justice by getting the tasks correctly done, you know. I didn't want to let them down or myself down because it was such a good thing to get, you know, be part of the project. So I did a little, I had a little homework book. And uh, if I did forget, you know, my memory let me down, I was able to jump on and, you know, just refer to my notes. And that gave me confidence as well because you were able to say to Graham the next time he came for the lesson, or I've always thanked him after the lesson eh, because I was practising the emails, of course. And, eh, hey, it was all good, you know. And I wanted to make him proud and I wanted to make um, Galloway's and all the people that, you know, enabled me to join it proud, you know, because obviously a lot of people have went to a lot of trouble So it's up to us not to let them down really, you know, with the teaching. I'm still waiting in my cap and gown.
0: (laughs) 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 And would you recommend other visually impaired people with no previous experience of tech to take part in any future programs?
2: Well, yes, I certainly would because I know how the fear factor was for me. So if people can overcome it like myself, I think it would be a great asset, a really good asset. And I think I said to Graham, I thought the machine was just like a little miracle in a box because it was quite the way everybody had it set out. It was so good to the instructions, and I mean you can go, but you can get yourself out to be a little red box at the top. There's no worries about that. Whereas sometimes, if you're maybe in other devices, you can get a bit muddled. So, no, it was really good. I I really... I mean, I live in Morecambe, and we're famous for Eric Morecambe, and his songs always bring me sunshine, and that little box has brought me sunshine. Truthful, it has. And the boys have been great. Oh, that's lovely to hear. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome.
0: From making sure blind and partially sighted people have the right facilities to vote, to safety on the roads and railways, the RNIB is at the forefront of leading campaigns to help promote the rights of visually impaired people across the northwest and beyond. Terry Ballon, Regional Campaigns Officer at RNIB joins us now to discuss her work and how you can get involved.
3: My role is, is basically to provide resources and support to, in, to, to empower individuals to take action uh, in terms of receiving their rights to access to service rather than me doing it for them.
0: How many campaigns a year do you work on, for example?
3: There are many campaigns that are rumbling on um, because some campaigns can be fairly quick and others will rumble on for ages so the example would be the the accessible information standard we've been working on that since the accessible information standard came into force on the 1st of august 2016 and yet we still have many blind and partially sighted people who aren't receiving their health and social care information in their preferred format so different campaigns take different lengths of time and also different campaigns kind of come to the fore and then they kind of drop back and they might still be being worked on in the background but other campaigns come to the fore i suppose the best example of that would be we've continued to work on the accessible information standard and access to tv and employment and benefits etc but we've Obviously, e-scooters have received very high profile. And so we've been working on that. Because e-scooter riders are riding pavements, they're having near misses. And it can be very unnerving if you hear the sudden whoosh of an e-scooter going past you. I've personally had a private one um, come so close to us that I literally felt the air move past us. And that made my guide dog jump so um and obviously many blind or partially sighted people experience balance issues and if something makes you jump then you're more likely to you know experience a fall because you've lost your balance we've responded obviously to the issues that people have reported to us and we've asked for people to you know share as many experiences as possible of e-scooters to help us with you know, with our engagement with the D- Department for Transport and with the e-scooter operators. And the example to that would be that as a consequence of, you know, the pressures that have been going on from a multitude of partners, not just RNIB, but working together with Guide Dogs and Thomas Pocklington Trust and the general public, you know, Liverpool had a what we call a free-floating system of e-scooters they are now moving to what they call a mandatory parking zone, which means that e-scooters will be par- have to be parked in designated areas. But that itself is without issues because you then end up potentially with lots of scooters cluttering up one point and potentially blocking the pavement. So neither solution really sol- solves all of the problems. How do we work with the local authorities concerned, and how do we work with the scooter company to resolve those kind of issues? So e-scooters have been a big piece of our work. Along with that, we've also been doing a lot of street work, what we call street working, inclusive journeys. So inclusive journeys is a very very broad uh, title, and it includes everything from transport to street, you know, to street layouts. Tem, you know, the installation of so many temporary cycle lanes, um, Penwitham Witham uh, in Preston, there has, you know, new cycleway developments being proposed. And, you know, again, along with local organisations and local societies, we are working together to try and encourage the local authority to make those schemes as accessible as possible. And the challenge around that Is that it? You know, we have to acknowledge that there is a move to sustainable transport. We aren't going to get rid of, you know, bicycles. We need to kind of work with authorities to make sure that the environment is as safe and as accessible as possible. We have also written a joint letter to uh, the government around the accessibility of uh, TV catch up services. So RNID, sorry, stands for the Royal National Institute of Deaf People. There is there is something of a challenge there because, you know, people have always kind of said that the BBC should, you know, it's a public body, so it should do it. But actually they were given an exemption because if they weren't given an exemption to have all of their output um, made accessible, um, they couldn't compete with other broadcasters you know it's those little nuances um you know the ch- it's about understanding you know so much fine detail
0: fantastic work going on there and um, do you want to tell me about another campaign about railway safety and tactile paving
3: we've advocating for tactiles on rail platforms absolutely you know that's a it's um, you know a, a red line around we want that What a lot of people don't realise is that in order to install tactiles on those platforms that don't have them, it is necessary for them to shut the line on that station. And if they shut the line on that station, then the company who manage that station have to pay each operator that uses that platform compensation.
0: Now, why are you so passionate about these tactile pavements? How dangerous is it for visually impaired people without it?
3: Tactiles on railway platforms are life saving. The sad reality is that there are numerous people who have sadly lost their life as a consequence of their lack. And we instigated the Rail Safe petition for which 14,000. 517 people signed, and we really appreciate the support that those people gave us with that. The fact is that this isn't the end of the story. We will continue to work with the Department for Transport and the rail operators, etc., to be sure that the tactiles are installed at the earliest possible opportunity.
0: Yes, some really important work there. Now, I believe you're also doing some work to support people with employment and benefits. Is that right?
3: The government released a consultation exploring how the welfare system can better support disabled people and people with health conditions to live independently and stay in or move into work, um, which is entitled Shaping Future Support The Health and Disability Green Paper. And we welcome the DWP's aims to reduce the disability employment gap and improve assessments and make claims processes fairer. However, it's crucial that decision making processes are developed that respects and listens to each individual and experiences as well as making best use of reliable expert sources and so for that we will also because you know we will also be asking for people to share their experiences of employment and and of you know accessing the benefit system because we will also be calling for the legislation around severe condition awards to be adjusted to ensure that blind and partially sighted people are not excluded from using braille. Um, So, and as as the government collects funds or data that shows not only the overall disability employment gap, but a breakdown of that gap to ensure that no one is left behind. We know that only one in four blind and partially sighted people are in work and our most recent survey showed that the employment gap for registered blind and partially sighted people is twice as large as the gap for people with other disabilities.
0: Great stuff. And do you want to give us an update on some work you were doing earlier in the year in terms of ensuring everyone had an equal and accessible right to vote?
3: We'd also like to thank the 18,517 people that signed up to our, you know, to our petition, which we handed in. People may not be aware that if the need for photographic ID is required in order to vote, then 40,000 blind and partially sighted people risk being disenfranchised. You know, there is so much going on, you know, as, as I say, you know, Various campaigns, and I think the other important thing that I would say if people would like to access further resources, they can visit our website or and literally do RNIB campaign resources, and that will take you to our page. There's a whole host of guides that you can use, or you can call our helpline 0303. One, two, three, nine, 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 nine. Leave your details on our campaigns line and they will get back to you and arrange to send any of those resources out to you. And I would really like to finish with a quote. So, My mantra, and one of the important things I think that people need to think about is everyone has a voice and everyone can make a difference. And as Margaret Mead said, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has
4: hi everyone james here from galloways i'm just going to give you an update on the get active program that we've got as i'm recording this we've just come back from another successful week at water park in coniston we had a, a mixed group of, of people go up there unfortunately could only take half capacity because of COVID measures and things but everybody had a fantastic time they tried climbing Canoeing, kayaking, sailing, windsurfing, paddle boarding, gill scrambling you name it all sorts of outdoor activities. Uh, the weather was kind to us as well, so everybody really enjoyed that. And we're, we're currently preparing to take another group again to Water Park. So, going on to activities coming up, we've got some walking, some of the walking group dates. We've got the 6th of September which is in the Lancaster area, we've got the 13th of September, Preston area, the 23rd of September we're going to be in the Chorley area and on the 27th of September we're going to be in Southport area. So some of those we may have transport available depending where the the walk actually is. So if you're interested in knowing more about any of those walks just give me a call on 01772 744 We've also got in September on the 20th we've got uh, another session of curling which is the first time since lockdown that we've been, been able to go back to the flower bowl at Barton Grange. Places are limited on that so you need to to book early to to book a place and again you can get in touch from in the, in, with me on the uh, number I've just given you there for the the walking group, the 744148 number. Every Tuesday, weather permitting, we've got our visually impaired cricket group, um, and they meet from 11 till 1, 11 a.m. till 1 p.m. at Mortley Cricket Ground, and we have transport available from Preston. So if anybody fancies having a go at visually impaired cricket, give me a call, and we can we can set you up for that, take you along. We've also recently had some funding um, for some female only sessions, uh, and it's from the This Girl Can funding. So we've got some sessions available in Nordic walking, balance and stretch exercises, and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Uh, Places are limited for these sessions, Uh, so book early to book. To avoid disappointment on that again 01772 744 148. So the dates we've got are for the Nordic Walking, which is going to be in Southport, there are September the 10th, 17th, 24th, and October the 1st and the 8th. So Nordic Walking is where you, you walk using the aid of some, um, want of a better word, like ski poles so Georgina who's our instructor will be giving you all the instruction you need on that and and she'll take you for a walk around I think we're going to go around Kings Park in Southport so if you're interested in that um, sorry guys it's females only um, due to the funding but if it's if it turns out to be successful it's something we may be able to offer for everybody Uh, the balance and stretch part of of this girl cam um, funding is going to be taking place at Howick House and we've got sessions in September on the 17th and the 24th which are evening sessions and October the 1st again which is an evening session and also October the 8th 15th and 22nd which will be an afternoon session and also for the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu part of this which I've been informed is very tactile Uh, And those are going to be evening sessions held at um, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gym in Preston. And those are the 8th, the 16th, the 22nd and the 28th of October. Now, that is a really good way of of self-defense for women as well. So, if you're interested in that, give me a call on 01772 744 148. Um, again, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is something we're, we're aiming to be able to put on for, for everybody. So once we've, we've given it a try with these sessions, if you're interested, give me a call. And if we've got enough interest, we'll try and put some sessions on for everyone. The other event we've got coming up on October the 18th is our driving day at Three Sisters in Wigan. Um, If you're interested in driving or you just want to go have some passenger laps in some uh, Porsches or different sports cars, get in touch, put your your name down and we'll we'll get you driving around the track at Three Sisters Wigan um, under instruction with professionally qualified driving instructors who will give you all the instruction you need to drive a vehicle around the track. So places are limited on that one. So if you, you're interested in that, give me a call again on 01772 744 148. And we'll look forward to seeing you on some of the events. Thanks for now. Bye.
0: We thought we would share the work of Disability Equality Northwest in Preston. Which looks after the rights of disabled people. Here is Georgina Joyce from the organisation to tell us more.
5: Hello, my name is Georgina Joyce and I'm here to tell you about Disability Equality Northwest, a disabled people organisation based here in Preston at 103 104 Church Street. Telephone number 01772 55 8863. I'll repeat this number at the end of this recording. Broadly speaking, there are three areas of support that Disability Equality Northwest offer disabled people. These are an information service, Lancashire Independent Living Service, and Disability Hate Crime Service. The information service offers disabled people information on a wide range of subjects. Typically, these are around benefit entitlement, gaining employment and issues around accommodation. The Lancashire Independent Living Service. This service is for disabled people who are contemplating or those who are in receipt of local authorities direct payments. LILS can support the recruitment process and managing the employment of a suitable PA and their payroll. The Disability Hate Crime Service is currently training disabled people as hate crime ambassadors, giving disabled people the confidence to identify Hate crimes and hate incidents, and the confidence to report them. This is just an overview of the services that Disability Equality Northwest offers. Incidentally, Disability Equality Northwest is a third party hate crime reporting centre. If you want more information about Disability Equality Northwest, they do have a website and a Facebook page or you can ring them on 01772 Monday to Friday from 9 to 4.30.
0: During the last edition of Galloway's Eye, you all heard about our storytelling sessions with Elizabeth Wainwright, thanks to a grant from the Doily Cart Charitable Trust. Here we have two more stories from the group for you to listen to.
6: Um, I want you to imagine um, a wonderful summer's afternoon when when the sun is, is just just right, just the, just warm enough for you to be able to do some gardening, and the. There's no breeze at all. It's just what you should call a beautiful English summer's day in the smallest garden you've ever seen in your life. Um, It starts off where where the the, the gardener has been busy pulling up what she calls weeds all afternoon with her fantastic uh, dandelion lifter, Uh, the one that's that's shaped in the middle, and and it if you put it beside the stem of the stem of the dandelion, it just pulls up everything, root and all. Uh, yeah. And it, it's a marvellous machine. Um, so all the time that she's doing this, there's um, the robin and Robinson. You'll have to imagine it's a robin. So he's, th- this robin is, in a way, uh, and on the shed roof is... Um, a lady blackbird, and she's beautiful and she knows it. And um, darting between the shed roof and the um, cherry tree is His Majesty, the blackbird. And he's actually stripping the tree of, of um, cherries to feed to Her Majesty, his wife. Now, um, in, the, in the middle of this tiny, tiny, tiny garden, there's an even tiny, tiny, tiny pond, um, and in the pond there are some young frogs. <laughs> Got that? <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> now, I want you to dip your hand into this bowl and to pull and to pull out just one um, dried mealworm and hand it up as high as you can, and the, and the adults. Um, Robin will come and take it away from you. Uh, Robin's son is busy watching, but he he's not taking anything. But she will come and take it out of your hand. And then I want you to put your hand back in the, in the dish and just swirl it around and throw some uh, mealworms on the floor for them both. And then any other bird, including Mr. Blackbird. Um, in the corner of the garden um, is a, a hosta. Now I don't know if, if you all know about hostas. They're not pretty. Um, they're sort of a ground. They're not ground hugging, They're like a, a ground hummock. And if you touch the leaf, go on, try touching it. And um, if you touch it between your thumb and two fingers, it's a bit velvety, but a bit a bit um, silky as well. In fact, hostas are not much to look at. But but the leaves are all right. they, take, they feel quite they feel quite nice. Um and I don't know if you know about hostas. Anyway, they attract they attract um slugs, right? What so they're do? a slug maternity home hostas. <laughs> so if you ever want to know where all your slugs are in the garden, they're in they're in the hoster if you've hoster. got one. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, as as well as all this, we have um of course Jack the the uh, he Heroine of the story, and she's still under the hedge, being dropped on by the um, by the starlings, uh, and she's just listening to them. She's quite she's quite happy, uh, just basking in the sun. And I'm always reminded of a poem that, that began, "How nice to be the gardeners' cat, who worries not for mouse or rat." So she just lies there in the sun and lets the starlings drop death on her. Uh, and then she comes. Eventually, she comes out of the of, of this hedge, and she goes and has a look at the hosta. Um, now, I'm not quite sure if it's the right number, but the right noise. But behind the hosta is a toad, and he's going. She quite like she quite likes that, but she doesn't interfere, and she walks up to the um, the pond with the. With the tap, not the tap, the, the uh, frogs in it going. <coughs> and she has a look around it. And occasionally they seem to send out one frog for her to play with. She don't hurt it, she just plays with it. And the day after it's always a different frog. So I think they have a rotation where it's your turn to go and um, listen to that character there. Uh, and as we walk around the garden, the um, the, the blackbird is, is still feeding his lady And then all of a sudden she decides to have a a wash in the tiny pond and she's going splish, splash, splish, splash and somebody's moved my water thing this morning. Um, So she's busy showing off that she's enjoying the water in the pond and he's busy trying to get her out and making his irritated blackbird noises. However, uh, because Jack's on the prowl, they've all decided it's time for... Jack to be removed so there's um, a little and it gets louder and and it gets louder still and it's the wren telling Jack to go away she doesn't want Jack in the garden and Jack obligingly just sort of ambles off ambles towards the back door of, of the tiny garden and um I, I the gardener decide that I will um, c- uh, clean her up get, get the brush out to, to to get rid of all the stuff off her fur and occasionally when you do this <laughs> not festooned but two or three slugs in the fur <laughs> and then Jack having inspected her, her place off she goes, decides it's time for tea and, and she's had a wonderful afternoon and so has the gardener and the other the other animals have as long as she goes away. But just remember that the um, the little uh, pond. <coughs> Never forget it, please. <laughs> and that's the that story.
7: Uh, well, it's uh, it's a love story, and it? it's about a lady that uh, she she had a good social life. She Used to go dancing. Uh, several clubs and she used to go playing bowls uh, at other clubs and uh, she had a very good social life um, she used to go on holidays every few weeks uh, dancing holidays mainly and uh, anyway she uh, she'd lost her husband with cancer and he died a few months earlier. And uh, she, ju- she just thought that she couldn't sit in alone and, uh, anymore and she'd have to find some way of go- going out again and carrying on with her life. So she uh, she just used uh, one of them that, because they... In a big circle of friends, probably about twelve of them, all used to meet up together. And uh, well, one first lost his wife, or, or she lost her husband, and this was happening. And uh, and then uh, she suddenly thought, "I'll have to go back to dancing, so as I can meet people and join in." From the enjoyment of the dancing so she, she rang a friend up that that was one of them and he'd lost his wife and um, she asked him was he going dancing that day that night and he said yes and uh, she said uh, well she says can I ask you a favour he says yes he said well if I decide to come to this club where he goes um is it alright if I sit with you and he said of course it is because he'd been one of the group of friends and uh, so they all knew one another and, uh, and she hadn't been dancing then for about uh, two years because he had cancer and um anyway she went and uh, she she said you don't uh, have to just dance with me she said dance with who you want and he said he would and uh, so he started getting her up for this dance and then he said, can you do this and he'd get her up for another dance anyway this carried on and, uh, and then over the weeks he started going coming to her for more dances and, and it just carried on as a nice friendship and then started taking, you know, to different uh, dance venues all over the place and they joined a, a dancing club and uh, they uh, took a, I'd be taking her out for rides out in the car, and uh, they used to go to different places and enjoy the the game of bowls maybe, or they used to go to Markham, and they used to go to St Anne's, and um, anyway this friendship grew, and then he wanted to go on a holiday, and uh, she needed a holiday so they they went on the holidays together uh to where there was dancing plenty of dancing and everything going on and this friendship grew and uh and then it was about five months later when uh they was at a dance, and he vowed his love to her and uh And she said that she felt the same. And so they Mm -hmm. fell in love. A few months after, he asked her to marry him. No, she said. No, I couldn't marry anybody. No, I only lost my husband last year. And uh, anyway, this friendship just grew and grew. And then on New Year's Eve, to marry him again just after midnight so she agreed and uh, they got married and uh, the family was all nice about it and uh, we were all friendly and we're still friendly and that's a true story that's a true story yes (laughs) that's
1: beautiful (laughs) lovely
6: I love that
0: Our Glenn has been delivering some talking together sessions offering advice and guidance on a number of things relating to eye health. In this session, he talks about making the most of your existing vision.
8: Uh, the topic that I wanted to go over today was just getting the most out of your remaining vision, or if you don't have any remaining vision, some options for, for accessing information as well. So, for your remaining vision, Obviously, there's there's a lot of people out there who have a visual impairment and have some useful vision, whether that's in the centre, whether that's in the peripheral, whether that's some particular patches, whether that's on one side. And the idea is that through support of of an ECLO or support of a sight loss advisor, we'd start to look at what useful vision you have and then try and focus in on that and get some more use out of it. So the first thing that I would look at with an individual is, is lighting. You know, how is an individual managing with lighting? Is lighting okay at home? Um, quite often we would be recommended daylight bulbs or led bulbs, something that's quite nice and crisp and consistent. Um, too many lamps and things. Um, ambient lighting can be quite difficult for some people, you know, something that's going to potentially, shadows and things like that um, isn't always ideal for an individual it's quite good if an individual can change bulbs so that you've got a consistent bulb throughout your property so for example you don't necessarily want to come out of your living room into your hallway and you've got different lighting and then in your hallway onto your stairs you've got different lighting it's you know it's it's the potential for Maybe not spotting a hazard or something like that, or maybe misjudging a step if you're going onto your stairs also in terms of if you're completing a particular task at home, maybe you're reading, maybe you need some lighting to support you when you're eating maybe when you're maybe when you're doing your your activities in the kitchen, you know making a drink preparing a meal, if you're somebody that feels that you do need more lighting in those areas. And there's different options of it could be a a lamp, what we would normally call a a task lamp, something where you can really focus the light on that area that you need it to to get the best use out of that lighting. Um, In the kitchen, that could be under-counter lighting so that you're not blocking your own light by standing at your counter and you've got light behind you so you're casting your own shadow. Um, A common thing could be getting... Getting a bit more use out of natural lighting, so maybe positioning a, a chair in your living room where you want to complete a task, so that it's nearer to the window, so you can get some nice, some nice natural light on that. Or similar in a kitchen, you know, maybe swapping things around a little bit so that you're closer to your kitchen window, and then maybe that's where you make your cup of tea, where you've got some some better natural lighting. But the next thing to then consider. Would be colour contrast. So an example could be surface could be maybe a dark surface, but then if you've got your you know your kettle, you've got your your tea, coffee, sugar, you know your your mugs and things. Maybe then they're a light colour, so they're an opposite colour contrast to your, to your work surfaces or vice versa. Um, now, if that is something that does improve something for you, but maybe. obviously it's quite expensive to change a work surface in your kitchen an alternative that's usually quite easy and quite cheap is you can get you can get what's called a dyson mat Um, so that's a different color you can get a range of different colors of them they're also anti-slip so they're sometimes good for they're sometimes good for doing a particular task on because they won't slip and slide around and another thing could also be um, just using things like trays in your kitchen. so your your trays that you can serve dinner on, you can get those in obviously a variety of different colours. So something like like that may assist you in the kitchen. A good thing is also in terms of colour contrast, um, you you, you may consider things for um, steps in your home, you know, maybe having a a coloured strip on the edge of steps, whether that's perhaps indoors or outdoors. Again, that just makes your steps stand out and eases the risk of, not quite judging depth or missing a step and things. Um, So anything like that can improve in terms of the color contrast. What sometimes helps some people is actually getting um, filters. You can get filters in sunglasses. Um, Obviously, Galloway's can provide your UV filters, so that can improve things for people in terms of just changing the color and, and making things sometimes a little bit sharper. But you can also buy filters that's kind of like a an a4 sheet that might be a different color some people actually find that that helps things stand out in terms of if if you received a letter in the post and you're struggling to read it sometimes just a colored overlay can actually make a difference and just make it a little bit clearer and a bit sharper for an individual a wide variety of magnifiers out there for for lots of different types of tasks you get a magnifier that's for reading or just spotting labels and signage, magnifiers that can assist you with seeing things in the distance, obviously the ones that I've mentioned so far are generally all your sort of optical glass magnifiers, but then there's lots of different ones out there that are electronic magnifiers as well. So there's a whole huge range of magnifiers um, and the best option on, on those is obviously speak to us and we can assess and discuss what the best option for an individual is. There's some key techniques out there. Um, One example, if you identify if somebody's got central vision loss, so meaning that the peripheral vision is something that they're trying to make more use out of, so that vision at the sides. There's a technique called the eccentric viewing technique, um, which is mainly, you may recognize it in terms of, if you do have central vision loss, someone may naturally start to, to just look at things in a different way, just to try and get things into that, that peripheral vision. But what generally what tends to be happening is, while I'm looking directly at the information that you're trying to read, you're basically just looking to one side of the information. Um, so for an individual, it's useful to then find out, you know, is, it, is it better for you to view things on, on your left side or on your right side? And then once you've identified which is which is a good window of, of peripheral vision for you to use, the technique can then be can be mastered, and, and you can do a little bit more training and try and just develop it a bit more because um, it's it, it is a difficult technique. You know you are using vision that isn't really meant for seeing detail, um, so you will never get your peripheral vision to be completely 100% clear, obviously, like your central vision, but you can start to adapt and start to use it. For example, if you're reading some information, like a letter or a magazine, then you want to move that information. And an ideal is to try and perhaps use something like a clipboard. So you keep that information nice and straight, and then you can can move it around. A very similar thing is something called the the steady-eye strategy. So that could be for, for any form of, of vision loss. Um, so for example, if somebody had diabetes and perhaps had quite patchy vision, you know, if, if you knew that you had a bit of a, a good window that's in perhaps your, your sort of bottom left, you would get that bit of your vision focused and get it so that things are quite clear. And then with the steady eye strategy, you move the information rather than move your head around. Um, Another technique is called scanning, um, which is quite often something that is is useful for somebody who's perhaps lost um, partial vision. So quite commonly, that could be somebody who's had a stroke and has perhaps lost one side of the vision. So the the scanning technique is around getting an individual to to look for. So, for example, if I would lost a lot of my vision to my left, and I were making use out of my vision to my right side, um, which is kind of like you've lost half of your vision, but in both eyes, um, and it's all missing to my left. What I am then doing with the scanning
1: technique
8: is I'm using that better vision on my right side, and I'm scanning around more to my left to try and use that right side of my vision to compensate for what I'm missing on the left. Because what tends to happen is somebody with somebody with vision loss to one side, commonly through a stroke, they tend to, the brain forgets that there's information to the left. So for example, they would be looking at the page of a book and would potentially just be reading sort of the right side of the page and missing all the left side. Um, So the scanning technique is them actually continuing to remind the brain that there's information on the left. So the scanning technique gets them to, to see the information on the left. and and just keeps training the brain to to make sure it it sucks up the information. Good options for that is again, there's perhaps some some apps out there that can help an individual. There's also um, some some worksheets and quite commonly the worksheets tend to be things like um, word searches and crosswords and puzzles. So again, it's just making an individual look around on a piece of paper, on on a sheet, on a worksheet. Try and make sure that they scan around and suck up all the information to remind the brain that, that there is a full page of information here. Another thing, quite quite an obvious thing, uh, but sometimes people do need the slight reminder of it is just just maintain maintain your eye care in terms of make sure you keep any glasses up to date. You know, if, if you can improve things through a prescription, obviously then. know getting your up-to-date glasses obviously that will help you get the best use out of your vision if you don't have some remaining vision that you're able to actually get some use out of and you're struggling with with accessing large prints or using a magnifier or lighting doesn't really make a great big deal of difference for you then the best option to then start doing is rather than continuing to struggle and use your vision which does get obviously does get frustrating and it can sometimes mean that you know you're not quite taking in all the information because you're continuing perhaps to to struggle with a magnifier that's not you know it's not it's no longer suitable maybe your vision's deteriorated or something like that then the best options to start looking at are getting information in different ways so if if you're going to if you're going to start to depend on perhaps some of your other senses um if you're you know if your vision isn't really giving you that information, some of the common things to then look at is starting to perhaps be starting to perhaps be a little bit more tactile. So if you're looking at an individual within the home, starting to maybe make things quite tactile, so for example, in your kitchen, um, common things would be maybe getting some maybe getting some uh, bump-ons, so you can be quite creative with them. The common things obviously would be to, you know, maybe stick some on the microwave, on your cooker, your washing machine, dryer, and things like that. So you're just making things a little bit simpler instead of trying to struggle with your vision and make out what button is what or what dial is what, you know, the bump-ons just make it tactile experience. Some other things then would be audio. So when I said a moment ago of being able to access information um, in an alternative format, A common thing to, again, perhaps starting to get into the habit of is actually asking if people will provide the information on on a CD or via a memory stick, or that they have the ability to actually email you the information so you can take it in a different way. Rather than send you a letter that is then going to be something that you're going to have to get somebody else to read, request it in these different formats so that you can actually soak in the information yourself. Similar, obviously, with things like, like books, you know, if you still want to continue that love of reading, look at accessing audio books. You know, there's lots of different ways of accessing audio books today, whether that's CD, memory stick, whether that's through, you know, a smartphone, whether that's through a computer. There's all sorts of different ways of accessing them. Um, and obviously, Galloway is fully up to speed with, with those different options and can, can discuss that with you. Some other options are then a little bit more focused on on technology. Um, So one of those would be um, text-to-speech. So text-to-speech is basically something that converts text, whether that's physical text that could be a letter in front of you, or whether that's text that's perhaps on a computer screen. There's different ways of having that converted into speech. Commonly, it's through a screen reader on a computer or if it's, if it's a hard copy of some information, there are different perhaps apps and, and there's other options as well, but the more common these days tends to be an app. So obviously it does mean you have to have some access to some smart technology or a laptop or something, but what you can basically do is, so for example, you, know, you, you get your information in an email, you can then convert it to text with using a screen reader. Another that's then, progressing in such speed is is artificial intelligence. Being able to use things like a smartphone to to take a picture, take a scan of something and convert it into some information. So for example, taking a photo and having that photo converted into a description, Um, having information um, like like a bank note quickly converted, and it will tell you what a banknote is, you know, colors, something that will identify and tell you what the color of an object is. Um, so, quite useful sometimes for an individual who perhaps wants to, you know, be matching clothes up from the wardrobe. You know, you can quickly scan some, some garment and it will tell you what color it is. Um, and the artificial intelligence is something that you, know, you can get different apps and things on smart technology, but then you've got access to that in your pocket. Um, and like you say, you can then convert things that generally perhaps you can't see very well into some form of description or it will speak out loud and, and just, just tell you that information. So, again, it's it's using these techniques to just give you some control, help you maintain that independence and stay in control of, of that information that you, you want to have access to rather than, I mean, to be quite you know, dependent on an individual to, to do it for you.
0: To watch or listen to Glenn's talk in full, you can visit our YouTube channel Galloway's Blind. And if you want more advice on anything discussed here, call our sightless advisors on 01772 744 148. Here is a roundup of some of our talking together and Tech Talk guest speakers over the past couple of months. You can watch and listen to these videos in full on our YouTube channel, Galloway's Blind.
9: So um, welcome, everybody, to Galloway's Tech Talk at 3. Um, absolutely delighted to be joined by um, the one and only Mr. Robin Spinks from the <laughs> RNIB. So I'm
10: Robin Spinks, um, Strategic Lead for Innovation Partnerships at RNIB. Um, I've worked in the disability sector for most of my career. So pretty, to be honest, I've got 20 years in the disability sector, which has flown by. Um, that's across a mixture of public and private and government uh, related stuff, but mostly working for NGOs. And so working internationally, I spent quite a bit of time working in Africa and South Asia and the Caribbean. Um, And then also working here in the UK, based in Scotland, but traveling all over the UK Um, and working essentially most of it around ensuring that employers understand disability um, and a specific focus on sight loss to to ensure that barriers can be broken down. Um, And technology has been a huge part of that for me. So technology became a big bit of my career, probably about 14 years ago um, when I worked for Sight Savers International, who are a large medical NGO. Um, and I was really asked by the CEO at the time to take on a new role, um, which was slightly different to the one that i had been recruited to. I was running their advocacy programme um, in countries around the world um, and, and doing a lot of advocacy training with national blindness and disability agencies but I'd always had a really big interest in tech. Um, And the CEO approached me and said, look, I want to sponsor this new role. And I'd love it if you were interested in it. So um, that's kind of code for your moving job. (laughs) Fortunately, it was something I was very happy to, to accept and to do. And that brought me into working with tech companies, mostly working with a lot of companies that you will know the names of very well, so companies like Freedom Scientific, Dolphin, um, and AI Squared. And what, what we were doing at the time was trying to get sustainable, low-cost assistive technology in countries where it just didn't exist. We're trying to set that up and get training in place, get software in place, and get really what we would call a supportive you know, ecosystem in place, and that was really challenging in a lot of markets, a lot of countries where, you know, there isn't a lead disability organisation that's involved in tech and involved in innovation, so trying to sometimes generate that out of nothing um, was a big challenge, but it was one that I really, you know, enjoyed, and, and it was fantastic to be able to kind of make progress in that area.
9: So welcome, everybody, to uh, Tech Talk at 3. It's uh, Andrew here from Galloways. Uh, Welcome. I'm I'm here with uh, Jenny. Hey, Jenny, how are you doing? Okay, thanks. Brilliant. Really pleased today to be joined by Mo and Omar Iqbal from uh, Tyra Technology.
11: We are from a company called Tyra Technology. And as a company, we provide various products and services across the UK and internationally to blind and visually impaired people. what we're going to start off by talking about is the range of laptops and desktops that we offer. Now, we offer laptops and desktops in different sizes. They come in many different sizes. Uh, laptops can start anywhere from 11 inches to 17 inches. And we offer two ranges of laptops and desktops a refurbished range and a brand new range. Now, refurbished means that the laptop or desktop might be, you know, have used, been used for X display or it might be slightly older some people choose the refurbished route because they can't necessarily afford a brand new device or for example they might just want to get more value for money by buying a a refurbished piece of kit but it still comes with a 12 months guarantee from us directly so um, when you buy a windows uh, laptop or desktop we can supply it in different shapes we've we've supplied everything from really small desktops you know about four by four inches in size that you can stick to the back of your tv to large tower desktops you know and and flat desktops as well so they come in all sorts of shapes and sizes that we can supply laptops again we can actually supply them in different shapes and sizes this uh, laptop that we're going to show you on screen now is a fantastic gadget that we found about a, a year or so ago it's a very small windows laptop now this is running a full version of windows it's four by six inches in size roughly Um, When you open it up, it's about the same size as a a, a large iPhone, if you like. And when you open the PC up, there's a screen at the top. And then underneath the screen, you've actually got a a QWERTY keyboard. Obviously, the keys are quite small, but it's a full QWERTY keyboard that you can actually type on with arrow keys and function keys as well. Um, And this device has been fantastic for those people that want something really portable that they can carry around. We've had people using this in church, for example, for reading their sermons. It runs a full version of Windows. You can install JAWS, NVDA, Office. You can link it to a big screen. Uh, if you look on the on the, on the the back of the device, there are actually, you know, there's a full-sized USB port on the back with a USB-C port as well. And there's also a headphone port and a micro SD port as well for expanding the storage. Hey, welcome,
9: everybody, to our Tech Talk at 3. It's Andrew. I'm really excited today to be jo- to be joined by uh, Jean-Marc and, uh, and Joe um, from uh, WeWalk. It's great to have you guys with us. How are you guys doing?
12: We're all good. Thank you very much for having us on. It really is great to be here and to speak to the Galloway community as well. So I think it's really important to stress before we even talk about technology is why. Why are we here? Why did We Walk become a thing? And the thing is, it's because we're the users of our own tech. You know, we genuinely believe that there's some amazing tech out there for a visually impaired community, and that we can learn from everything that's out there to make a solution which is different, something which can help our own community out. So we're very much so an organization driven by these lived experiences. We've started working for visual impairment, but who knows where technology can help in the future. And, well, our invention is WeWalk. And it's a smartphone and smart cane combo that can each function standalone. Although our smartphone app is the one which we have talked about previously, we're going to dive into both of them and talk about what we do. So the WeWalk smart cane is quite simple. On screen right now, there's someone holding it. It is used exactly as if you'd use a standard traditional cane. You'd use your exact same techniques constant contact, two point touch, but we've taken off the rubber handle and we've replaced it with the WeWalk handle. That's the only tech inside it. Your rolling tip, everything stays the same. You hold it in the same way. But when WeWalk is connected to your cane, you get obstacle detection. So you can get upper body obstacle detection for things like low hanging tree branches. We've even got a touchpad, speaker, microphone, as well as a plethora of sensors built into that WeWalk handle. So the whole thing is encapsulated into one little space. But what's really cool is that this comes with the WeWalk smartphone app. Now, the smartphone app, again, can be used standalone. You can download it right now and benefit from our navigation and exploration features. But the benefit is it is the only smart cane slash smartphone combo. So you can put your smartphone in your pocket and control the entire WeWalk app with gestures from your smart cane. So you don't have to hold... Well, a smartphone and a smart cane in, in two hands. You can keep one hand free whilst navigating the road ahead of you. Good
1: afternoon, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Uh, this afternoon, we've got Carl from Cobalt joining us to talk about uh, various different overshields and different kinds of glasses to wear to help with eye protection. I also understand that you've got a quick talk on talking watches and a clamshell phone, is that right? Yes. Fabulous over to you then
13: hello everyone nice to see you or meet you my name's carl i'm from cobalt systems and today i'll be talking about polarized sunglasses we have various different shades and polarization we have glasses that will go over the top of your current eyewear
1: carl just held up a pair of glasses to demonstrate those ones that do go over your glasses fantastic
13: there we go they will go over the top of your glasses, like so. Very handy for myself, as well as standard wrap round glasses. Holding these up right now, these are the polarizations. These are the tint 65. So, the difference between anti glare, tint, and polarization polarization actually pushes the glare away and out, whereas a tint will stop so much glare, but not actually push it out. So very different from when you're out in the snow or water. Any lights that will come off into the glasses is pushed away by the polarisation. Now we have multiple shades of tint, varying from light to dark. Now, Most of them are done via percentages. And the lower percentage is the lower amount of light that is let in through the glasses. It ranges anywhere between from 10%, which is the lowest, and it goes up from there. But generally you want a very nice dark tint and a very low percentage for the polarization. Now, these glasses are very good for anybody with eye issues in general. So if you have glaucoma, cataracts, anything along them lines, they will always, your doctor or your optician will always recommend a certain tint, and they are who you should go to to get that specific tint.
9: It's um, it's Thursday. It's another Tech Talk at 3. Uh, Dave Salisbury uh, from Dolphin, from Your Dolphin, dot uh, com uh, you, you've come today to talk to us um about the um, uh, access software for for windows um um supernova and the different you know packages and, and ranges of using supernova so we're uh, over to you
14: right well thank you very much hello everybody so what is supernova supernova uh, comes in three versions so you can have just magnification you can have magnification with limited speech or you can have magnification and screen reader. The version I've got on my screen for those that can see it is the magnification and screen reading version. And this is the version that uh, I know Andrew's got at Galloway's in Preston, uh, because the beauty of this version, no matter what degree of visual impairment somebody has got, this one piece of software covers it from a little bit of magnification to somebody that's total blind can use the computer. 95% of individuals tend to buy magnifier and speech, A, because it's quite a bit cheaper, but B, because um, you don't need a full screen reading capability, and then people don't want the braille support, that sort of thing. So without further ado, we'll talk about the magnification. So all three versions come with the magnification. It's the same magnification in all of them, whether it's just the magnification version or magnifier and screen reader, it's identical. OK, so here we are. We're in a, a Word document. OK, uh, simple keystroke turns magnification off. Simple keystroke puts magnification on. And that simple keystroke is left control, number pad, enter. So we tend to take over the number pad on a, on a keyboard. OK, most laptops these days have a number pad to the right hand side now. So it's perfect. So uh, left control number pad enter puts magnification on and off. Left control number pad plus will make it bigger.
9: Well, welcome everybody to Galloway's Tech Talk at three. It's, uh, it's Andrew here from Galloway's. I hope you're doing all well. Uh, well, really pleased again to be joined by Steve Nutt from Computer
15: Room Services. So what, what I do is, as well as doing, I, I do braille transcription, Uh, which means we turn print or text or anything electronic into Braille for people if they want it. And that can be either on a refreshable Braille display. We can send you a file or we can send you um, a printed, printed, you know, version. And um, we, as well as transcription, we have some 180 odd products on the website um, competing with RNIB, you know. (laughs) And um, anything that works for me, basically, we will sell. I'm not an expert in magnification, uh, never have been. And my wife doesn't use low vision stuff either. So we we both use stuff that bleeps, burps, vibrates or talks or (laughs) does braille, you know. Um, So that's that's how we that's pretty much how we roll. Um, As well as training, we do support. So if you have any uh, computer issues, computer errors, um, you can phone us up with your permission. We can remotely log into your computer and we can then, you know, uh, hopefully fix it. But if we don't fix it, you don't pay. So I'm quite happy to do it because we're blind and we understand speech and, and things like that. So we do all that.
10: Thanks for listening. Tune in for our next edition in October. Bye for now.